0: Nine one one. What's your emergency? My <laughs> know, knows, and is all over the planet. Do you see a gun anywhere around him? <laughs> no. I don't see anything. That was Christy Evans calling nine one one to report her husband having been shot in bed by an intruder. Well, as we'll find out in this riveting podcast, that what appeared to be the story of a much-in-love couple of more than 30 years had a very sinister underplot. Our story today outlines the shooting of Oklahoma pastor David Evans by his wife's lover, who was also his lover. Oh, dear. And all the sordid details in between. Pastor Evans got caught in a tragic love triangle. And just like the William Bell song says, trying to love too... Ain't easy to do. I'd like to ask a quick favor. If you would please rate and review the Homicide Inc. podcast on Apple Podcasts, scroll down towards the bottom. You'll see a place to write a review and click some stars. It's very important for the growth of the podcast and it's very much appreciated. And if you do it, please take a screenshot and send it to me, and I'll give you a shout out right here on the podcast. Thanks. All right, let's get into the story. On the outside, married couple David and Christy Evans looked like your perfect American family, pastor, husband, and wife, and three kids living in religious harmony. Well, this illusion was shattered on the night of March 22, 2021, when a gunshot shook the neighborhood awake. David Evans had been shot to death, execution-style, The next couple of moments passed in a crazy blur as wife Christy awoke to find her husband next to her bleeding out from the bullet wound in his head. When she spoke to the paramedics, she frantically explained that she had heard a loud pop that woke her up when fire responders arrived. She told them an armed intruder entered the house and killed her husband. David Evans was reported as dead at the scene. As the investigation grew, More and more details emerged that made it clear Christy Evans was not as innocent as it seemed. That she perhaps masterminded the whole thing, along with her lover. Cue the screeching tires. The intruder was not a stranger at all. He was the man she and her husband were having a threesome with. Khalil Dimi Square. That's his name. Let me stop here real quick. You're probably wondering... Wait, wasn't this guy a pastor? A threesome? That's my kind of church. Okay, what you're going to hear next is going to have you wondering what your local pastor is up to behind closed doors. It became clear to investigators that Christie's and David's marriage wasn't as picture perfect as it looked. Christie's daughter said that her mother had told her that she had begged Khalil Square to kill David and that Khalil shot and killed David with David's gun. Christy said that David had treated her terribly for years. He was emotionally abusive. Christy gave David's gun and a box of ammo to Khalil, and they hatched a plan. Square would come to the Evans residence to kill David while he slept. Christy even left the back door unlocked so Khalil could gain entry to the residence without fuss. On March 22nd, at 1 a.m., he arrived at the residence, but got cold feet. Christy went downstairs and found him in the living room, crouching behind a chair. He explained to Christy that he was scared he was going to make too much noise and get caught. She urged him to proceed as they had planned. She waited in the living room while he went upstairs to kill Pastor Dave. When the deed was done, he snuck out the back door and they both were relieved that it was over, and they had gotten away with it. But they were wrong, because even if Christy hadn't confessed, they would have soon made the connection. Neighbors had reported that they saw the same white Mustang that was there on the night of March 22nd at the Evans house had been there all week while David was away doing good stuff in Mexico. I really feel like this is where we need to drop the 70s porn music. So, why did Christy do it? What drove her to the point of desperation that she needed to have her husband killed? David and Christy had been together since 1992. David wasn't always a pastor, in fact, he was pretty non-religious at the time, but began working at a Bible bookstore, where he began to read the Bible. It was only a couple of years later that he became pastor of Harmony Free Will Baptist Church. In her interviews, Christy had said that outside their home, David was a charismatic man and everyone loved him, except his wife and kids. Christy and caseworkers agreed that she was a victim of coercive control which included a range of emotional, physical, and other abusive behaviors like isolation, humiliation, financial control, sexual coercion, and low-level violence. According to her, David was extremely possessive over her. He had cut her off from her friends, claiming she needed no one but him. He controlled her movements and her finances. Although David's mother claims this is false, as Christy could go anywhere and did indeed have her own money, that she was lying. Police, however, couldn't find evidence to back either of these statements up. Brittany Long, the Evans' daughter, however, claimed that her father was physically abusive to her and her two brothers. He would bang the brothers' heads together or lock them in closets as punishment. On April 2, 2010, Christy said that her boys were removed from the house and went to stay with their grandparents, as David had been physically abusive. She said that she had reported it to the police, but they didn't have any records of the incident. Odd. Christy also said that at times, he would press a pillow into her face, trying to suffocate her. But she never reported that, because it never left a mark. Over the years, things had gotten progressively worse between Christy and David, especially in the bedroom. In Facebook messages, investigators learned that David had become dissatisfied with his wife. He complained that their sex life had become a real bore. On Facebook? Dude, you're a pastor, for Christ's sake. No pun intended. He started off suggesting that they try new things to make it more fun in the bedroom. He suggested she perform sexual acts on other men for him. Christy wasn't that keen. After that, he asked her if she would bring her co-worker to their home. He wanted a threesome. She refused time and time again, but Reverend Dave was tenacious. Sometimes he would take her to clothing-optional parks, something which he clearly enjoyed. This slowly moved up to sex clubs. But she still wasn't keen on the menage a trois scene. By the next month, text messages between them had changed their tone. They became more demanding, more aggressive. In one, he had asked if during a threesome, the other man could call her names. Cast your imagination and I'm sure you'll come up with a few of your own. Eventually, his begging wore down. She reluctantly agreed to participate in these sexcapades, a term David had liked to use. I've never heard that before. David had begun to put out ads on Craigslist soliciting sex, but was disgruntled when the personal ad section was taken down due to the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act. Damn it, foiled again. If Christy had just gone along with it. (laughs) David had become frustrated that they hadn't been able to connect with other swinger couples. He blamed it on Christy. During one massive argument about threesomes in April 2020, David had exploded and called her a frigid bitch. I know one thing for sure calling your wife a frigid bitch is not going to have her leaping into bed with you anytime soon, from what I hear. Life was a living hell for Christy, and it was about to get even worse. Now, David had stepped up his game and tried a new tactic for manipulation. If she didn't participate in a threesome with him, he would kill himself. Reverend D is clearly desperate for some action. At first, she didn't believe him. But one night, while on the phone to her daughter, Brittany, she walked into the room to find him pointing a gun at his chin, threatening to kill himself. She knew what he wanted. She had no choice but to tell her daughter that everything was fine between the couple, even though this could not be further from the truth. In text messages between the two, it revealed that after David had made that threat, her resolve softened. In her message to him, she had said, I will be supportive and quiet, soft and gracious. The idealized, submissive wife. His reply came shortly after. Give me something sexual. He demanded. Something now, that you provide. Not that I make happen or beg or force. You give me something. It wasn't long before David and Christy met up with dreamy Khalil Demi Square, and the love triangle began to take shape. See what I did there? The Demi Square love triangle began to take shape. <clears throat> Square, who was 26 at the time, agreed to meet at a Super 8 motel for their first menage. David finally got what he wanted. Reverend, 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 practice what you preach, my man. What's baby Jesus going to think when he finds out you've been doing the boom-boom with your wife and another dude? Well, it was what it was, and the three seemed to be getting a big old enjoy out of the group sex especially the missus. You see, what Reverend didn't know was that after their encounter, Christy had subtly dropped her cell phone number on the ground for Khalil to find. Call me, big boy. The two started meeting for good times without David. During this time, David was none the wiser to his wife's dalliances with Dreamy Demi. Things had been going so well with Khalil that when David was away in Mexico doing volunteer work, Khalil Square volunteered his services and stayed with Christie at the Evans house. This is when she acknowledged to Square her fear of her husband. She told him about the abuse, that at times he called her fat, slut, ugly, that she wanted to have more freedom away from David. According to police, all Khalil had responded with was, Damn! A man of many words. It was there that they concocted the plan to kill David when he got back from Mexico. Meanwhile, on the outside, nothing seemed amiss. No one suspected anything untoward had been happening at home, not David's congregation or friends. Only the immediate family knew the horrors that lurked behind the Christian facade. On social media, they would often post or comment about each other lovingly. Seven days before he was shot by Square, David had posted on Facebook about his love for Christy. The post had read, I don't own her, can't control her. She is my equal partner. Adding, And I know how amazing she really is. I don't know much, but I know I should keep pursuing her just like when we first met. Pretty ironic, Considering the circumstances, he was controlling and manipulating her. Again, on March 15th, he posted another message and photo on his timeline to celebrate the 30th anniversary of his wedding proposal. He even promised that they renew their vows again in front of a local pastor. In the comments section, Christy had replied to him, ecstatically, thanking him for choosing her out of all the girls and that she would happily Do it all again with him. Poor guy had no idea what he was in store for a couple of days later. On March 18th, just four days before David was brutally murdered in bed as he slept, undoubtedly dreaming about good times with Khalil and Christy, Christy had posted on her own timeline about how David was so special to her. Calling him her best friend, and that every day with him was special to her. Yeah, right. David had posted a picture of himself on Facebook that same day, with her replying, That's one great looking man I have right there. Adding, I'm reminded every day how blessed and loved and lucky I am. I love you so much, David, with 10 exclamation marks. To which David responded, with a heart-faced emoji. To the observer, they looked like any other married couple very much in love. Clearly, this was part of the smokescreen Christy was erecting to throw off the authorities. As the noose was tightening, she couldn't live with the guilt, and after confessing to the crime to their adult daughter, Brittany, she drove herself to the police station, where she surrendered and confessed on tape. Brittany Long, their daughter, had suggested that perhaps her mother couldn't take living like that anymore. My mom didn't see an end to it, she told a reporter. So she decided to end her own personal hell by killing her husband. The Evans' other two children, both boys, concurred, suggesting Evans was physically abusive with them their entire lives. Now, some people didn't agree with this, Specifically, Jean Richardson, David's mother. She didn't believe that David was as abusive as the media and the family have made him out to be. Richardson also argued that if the relationship had been as troubled as Christy claimed, she could have left her husband or sought help instead of passing a death sentence on to her son. Christy had a car, a job outside the home, and her own credit card. Richardson claimed that Christie couldn't have been that controlled. She could have gone to a new city or a battered women's shelter. She was a retired nurse who said she'd often tended to abused women during her career. This young woman was not too dumb to know these things are available, Richardson stated. However, this isn't always the case. Advocates had pointed out that she could have stayed for a variety of reasons. For example... She could have been afraid of what he might do or whom he may hurt, as well as feeling ashamed of the life he had pushed her into. One social worker compared Evan's relationship to a hostage situation. It's gender-based, men are the abusers, and the tactics they use against their partners are strategic, oppressive, and aimed at controlling the whole space. Unlike battering, most of these behaviors do not violate criminal law when committed by an intimate partner, and they're often misunderstood or downplayed by authorities and even victims. Both Khalil Square and Christy Evans are facing first-degree murder charges, which carries the potential death penalty. Christie's lawyers are fighting hard in the court using this reasoning to prove to the judge the rationale behind her actions. Battered wife syndrome. They also argued that she was a victim of coercive control, and in a way, she was acting in self-defense. But this is risky, as it could also be treated as a new and untested area of social science, one that prosecutors could seek to exclude from court. Only time will tell, as the case winds its way through the tricky criminal justice system. Perhaps David had an inkling, or sixth sense, about what was coming, because hours before he was shot, he had delivered a sermon, and in it had said, If the devil is not attacking you, there is a reason. If the devil is attacking you, there is a reason. Perhaps, in this instance the devil had reason to remove David Evans from his place on earth. There's still so much in this case that appears unresolved, but there is one thing that rings true. Anybody, even pastors, can succumb to human frailty. And on that note, I thank you, as always, for joining me here on Homicide, Inc. If you are interested in becoming a patron, please check out our Patreon campaign, Where you can get podcasts exclusively available to patrons and before anybody else. Those details are in the description of this podcast. If you have a compelling true crime story you would like me to consider investigating, please send me an email. Those details are also in the description. And if you'd like to help support the production of the Homicide Inc podcast, you could always buy us a cup of coffee. Those details also are in the description. And lastly, if you'd like to chat about these podcasts or crime in general, Or just hang out with some cool peeps. Join us on Discord. And I bet you can figure out where to find that information. Thank you, true crime lovers. We will see you all again very, very soon. Ciao for now.